Greener Grass podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for being with us today. Today, we have a super special guest, Lino DeSalvo. He is the husband of my old friend, Rosanna, but more importantly, he spent almost 17 years at Disney and served as head of animation on the movie Frozen, the movie that needs no introduction. We all know this movie. His other credits include supervising animator on Tangled and Bolt, an animator on Meet the Robinsons, Chicken Little, The 102 Dalmatians, and Reign of Fire. So he is... He is so talented and so successful, and we're so grateful to have him here to kind of talk about his career and how he got to where he is now. And, um, you know, he always says art can be a great living, and we should spread that word. So I love it. Thanks, Lena, for being with us, and let's get started. Podcast listeners, we have a super treat today, not just because Lino DeSalvo is like the bomb.com, but because he's funny. That's that's mostly the reason why I want to talk to him. But uh, <laughs> Lino was the head animator for F- Frozen that I do not have to explain more because the entire universe knows of this movie. And he has since then left Disney um, to take a path of directing, and he's now in Montreal. And the first story I want to tell is the first time I heard of Lino. Lino, I don't know if you know the story from my Uh-oh. from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I just sat down. I just no, sat it's down, not so a bad right. story. You have to confirm if it's true because I don't know if That's I don't good. know if if uh, Rosanna was, you know, telling a bigger version of it. You know, so I met Rosanna in like 2000, 2001, and this is his now wife. And she moved here from Canada to be a dancer, and she's just a firecracker, didn't have a car, living with her aunt and uncle, and she was working at their restaurant as a waitress. And I talked to Rosanna every single day, and she's like, I worked at the restaurant last night, and there was this guy sitting there eating dinner. And she's like, I, 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 put, I think this is the story, like I put my name on a, on a piece of paper and my number. And I put on his table. Is this correct? This is this is shockingly accurate coming from Rosanna. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so I don't like like first of all, what's also shocking is that I can't remember anything from this week. And I remember that from 20 years ago. Like I don't even understand. That's fine. Yeah, the way Rosanna and I met, I swear it's similar to one of Billy Joel's songs. Uh, where we met at my favorite Italian restaurant. That restaurant was so good, Il, by the way. Il Capriccio, for those of you that, that are familiar. Oh, my with God. LA, Not there LA. anymore, right? Los, um, oh, I hope it is. Is it not? Wait. No, you should know. This is Rosanna's aunt and uncle's restaurant. No, they sold oh. it. But I, think it I think it's still up and running. Okay. Okay. But it's not the same. It's not them. It's across the street from the Dresden. The Dresden closed, though, right? Okay, I'm going to have to look this up before I drop this podcast, because now I'm curious, <laughs> because, like, the beef carpaccio or something, I re- like, 20 years ago, I haven't gone to this restaurant in so long. Like, it's d- delightful. But did you go to this restaurant more than once? Like, did you... What was your perspective? Did you see her? 
before she noticed you? Yeah, so I was, I had a bunch of friends from New York sitting at the dinner table with me. And I, I used to go to this restaurant twice a week. Oh. Um, and we sit down, and I just so happened to be talking about um, telling my buddies there are no Italian girls in LA. Oh. I'm like, there's, there's no Italian girls. I never meet Italian girls when I go out. And then the minute after I say that, Rosanna comes out from the kitchen and my buddy goes, she's definitely Italian. Wait, you can tell by the way she looks. I, I don't know enough Italian people to know this. Yeah, she, she looked Italian. She, you know, the darker hair, the dark eyes. I mean, listen, she could have been Greek. Right, or, right, right. Um, Somewhere, somewhere from around the Mediterranean, um, but being an Italian restaurant, I just connected the sure, dots sure. and said, yeah, she's, she's probably Italian. And um, this is the real story. She left out one. No, but this is also out. my memory. Like, I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know what I'm missing from my own memory, but. So she, as, so I, you know, I was a chicken. I had no game back then. And I was just walking out of the restaurant. She came out to the back parking lot. Oh. I almost I almost ran her over by accident. She was waving the business card and she goes, "You forgot something." Oh, shut up. She's so cheeky. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I met my wife. So, because were you guys making eye contact during the evening? Is that why she was so yeah. ballsy? Okay. Yeah, we were she was she, we, we, we chatted for a tiny bit and, um, and then that next, I remember I called my sister the next day and I was like, I met, met this really interesting girl. I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. So we went out on a date and the rest is history. Now we have two children. Now you have two children and you're living in Canada, but like, like you had gone there a lot. Have you, had she seen you more than once? I don't. Okay, so think it was both. So. Okay, got it. Okay, that's my, yeah. so. Listen, when you it's, guys, it's always fun when you jump in and then you hear that the person only saw the person they married once. Is that real? No. Okay, so basically, I was friends with his wife. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> I basically uh, was friends with his wife before they met, and then I remember the story of how they met miraculously because it's twenty some years ago. But then. Uh, you guys started dating and she just, you know, girls just give the dirt to their girlfriends, everything, oh, yeah. everything. So like, <laughs> I remember hearing all of it. And then you came to a Halloween party with us once dressed as like a knight. Oh yeah. No, my memory's really good somehow. Yeah. But you guys are like, and then your career like took off. I remember her saying to me, like, I was always the one who wanted to find like a really good boyfriend. And like, when you guys were dating, <laughs> she was like, I came to LA to be a dancer. Now I'm in a relationship. What is happening? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And then it took yeah, me like right? 20 more years to find my relationship. It was kind of, and you know, I think, I mean, I think for people that can survive this past pandemic, Right. Yeah. Like our everyone's relationships were tested. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, it helps that Rosanna's, you know, she's an artist as well, yeah. and she gets the creative process, and I mean, that means a lot. Yeah, and she probably has to pull some serious kid hours, because when you're on a project, it's like... Yeah, listen, I, I like to think that I'm helping out as much as I can, so I get the kids ready in the morning, and I take them to school. Okay. No matter what... Like if I'm, if I'm working, if no matter how many hours I'm working and what the deadlines are, I drop my, I bring my kids to school. That's wonderful for her and for them so that there's a consistency because your, your line of work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Rosanna's good people. I'm uh, I'm lucky to have such a understanding, awesome uh, wife. And since this is public, that's a really good thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kelly McVeigh. She is our, she's my partner. And Kelly, okay, so I gave Kelly kind of the rundown of how I know you and what you do. Kelly, do you want to, do you want to, I'm going to basically talk about your resume and stuff in the intro, so we don't need to go over that. Kelly, do you, do you have any first questions for Lino, this animator turned director, famous um, person? Okay, so... I, um, what do I want to say? I don't know. Where do you start with animation? Is that like doodling in school? Is it computer? Cause now we're so like tech technology based, right? Like, is it technology? Like, how do you get to where you're in a space where you're, that's what you want to do. And then the fact that you took it to the level that you did, like, what does that look like? I have, oh I have gosh. a child who's a doodler, not a doodler. I shouldn't say that he would probably his feelings would be heard of. I said he was a doodler. He is an artist. Kelly, when you, I think, I think mentioning, mentioning doodling, yes. at least in my case is spot on. Okay. I like it. Yeah, it was, I used to doodle and draw so much. And this is kind of sad that my parent, my, my parents thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> Like I, the way the way I expressed myself and the way I saw the world, it, it was through drawings. Yeah, that's that's my Mason. I mean, from the second he walks in the door from school, he has every marker pencil, uh, and he has just drawings and uh, yeah. I, I should know what they're called those little easel board things. Um, that's all he does. Yeah, you got to nourish that. I mean. Um, but that's, that's exactly how I was. I loved drawing. I loved watching animation. If, if it was hand drawn and it was, uh, from comics to moving pictures, I was in. I love that. And so, so did your parents, okay. You said that your parents thought there was something wrong. Um, did they, did they help you figure out how to nourish? Did they nourish that within you? And what does that look like? I mean, I, I, speaking from a amazing professional to a, a mom that has a 10 year old that that's all he does. Is it art classes? Is it like, how do you how do I, parents I do that? Yeah. I don't think um, what they didn't do. Thank goodness was they didn't really get in the way. Like even when teachers, like I would get in trouble in school. I like this. I you know, teachers this. would sit, 
teachers would say like Lino wasn't focusing. He was he was drawing a comic strip. Lino wasn't fo- Lino's not his grades need to be better. And then I would come home and my parents would be like, "What is going on in school?" And I would show them the drawings, and my mother would go holy shit, that's really good. And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So how did you know that you, because I'm sure in the art space and even just doodling to drawing, it can be a million different directions. Like how did you find your space in animation? Yeah, so, um, uh, I mean, listen, this sounds so corny and probably oversimplified but i i always dreamt of being a disney animator okay i used to fantasize um you know i would see these documentaries of these people drawing at a at a drawing table and palm trees and 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 the burbank studio and then the original studio was in silver lake and, and the moment it dawned on me that there were people getting paid to play make-believe, I was like, uh, listen, where do I sign up? I mean, this is ridiculous. The palm trees, the beat, right? Being from New, from New York. Yeah. LA is this, this like, where I, this, it's another world. Completely. So, um, yeah, like I just, the minute I found out that you can sign up and become an artist and get paid for it, I went to art school and, and yeah. Okay, so tell me, what, what art school do you, did you go to? I should know, but our listeners don't know either, right? So what art school did you go to? Yeah, so, um, uh, uh, this, so this is a funny story. So my, my guidance counselor, when I graduated high school, had no idea what to do with me. Um, and he actually sent me on the path to becoming a police officer. No. Yes. No. This and sounds so thank, far from. So, so far. Um, and thank goodness I did really bad on those tests. Um, that one day I was doodling, right? To keep the theme going that the professor of this criminal justice class looked at me and goes, what the heck are you doing in this class? Your drawings are awesome. So because of that one person's comment, wait, you actually went far enough that you were in class for it class to be in the police Academy. Yeah. I was like about to get my associates in criminals, criminal justice. Were you interested at all? No, it was torture. (laughs) This is so and terrible. And t- totally Listen, terrible. I always promise my, I, I always promise myself I'm going to write a movie about how terrible my uh, guidance counselor is. <laughs> um, it is so crazy. Do you think that I should know this? But Lena, how old are you? I am 47. Okay, so we're all in the same bar- ballpark. I yeah. feel like, but I could be wrong, that I'm hoping that guidance counselors are a little bit more open to all things as job options these days. Oh my goodness. I could not agree with you. I wish that as well. And when I, when I travel around the world promoting a different, different projects, what I try to do is I try to meet with, um, whichever country I'm in, I try to schedule a meet, a meeting with the high school students. I love Um, that. 
So for instance, like I was in Stuttgart in Germany promoting a project and I, and I met with the high school there in the city just to like remind everyone, um, you know, it's not about making other people happy. It's about making yourself happy. And sometimes it's the most difficult thing to do as a young teenager because you want to make your parents and your family happy. But what you really need to do is you need to be honest with yourself and make yourself happy. And I, I was lucky enough to, to figure that out before it went down the wrong path. But yes, art, art is a wonderful career. Have you reached out or considered reaching out to your guidance counselor just to let him or know how you're doing? <laughs> It's so it's so funny that you say that because many years ago, someone from my high school reached out and said, um, "Oh my goodness, Lena, we're so proud of you. Do you want to come and give the commencement speech for the high school graduation?" Oh my gosh! And I said, "Yeah, let me think about that." I love it. I love it. I think you should definitely do that. I I think that that is a true testament. Okay, so. Um, left criminal justice. It doesn't sound like you have daydreamed about being a police officer since. And then, I mean, dreaming of Disney, I love the fact that I'm a firm believer in putting out, putting it out in the world. If your headspace is always there, you keep chucking along that you have the ability to get to those dreams uh, I'm a girl that's always after that for sure, which is why I do too many things. But do you, after you left art school, I mean, was your next stop like I'm figuring out how to get to Disney? Yeah, I mean, listen, I've, of course it was, it was a mixture of hubris and being naive and, um, but you know, I told the people running Vancouver Film School, and they were wonderful, by the way. I told them that I, I'm going to send my portfolio. And at the time, they were very expensive to put together. Uh, I told them I'm going to send it to the big studios in California because that's where I want to be. And, you know, doing the right thing, they were getting me emotionally prepared for the, you know, the, the thank you but no thanks letter. Yeah. I kind of love the fact that you said, I think you said that you were naive. Is that what you said? Naive. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's something to be said for people that don't know any better. And here's the problem. They don't know any better. And so they just go after it or they go around about way because they don't know that it can't happen. Yes. And yes. then they yes. get where other people could get if they weren't overthinking it and thought they knew the whole process and it can't happen that way. And that's not how, and then they hold themselves back and it doesn't happen. Kelly, a hundred percent. I mean, if I like, it's such a long shot that on that particular day that my portfolio gets to the desk of the Disney recruiting person they a need someone b uh, they they think i'm good enough there are so many things that had to be aligned for this to even be set in motion that 
that, yeah, like there's something about being a dreamer, right? Like my kids, I'm always encouraging them whenever they, whenever I see them daydreaming, I don't, I try not to snap them out of it. And my wife and I encourage them to be bored. I love it. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I've, that my child is now eating coffee ice cream and then separately, <laughs> separately, earth balance butter by itself. Oh my and I'm just going to let it happen because all I need is 30 more minutes out of this child and I'm good. Oh <laughs> like, I was like, whatever it I've takes. Been there. I've been I mean, there. fat is good for the brain. Caffeine, I'm not so sure, but it just has a little. So... <laughs> Lino, okay. No, I, I love this because for all those C-plus students out there that are doodling on the back of their notebooks, here's Lino DeSalvo, right? It's, really, it's, it's a really good story for kids who aren't necessarily, you know, it's like on the straight and narrow path to like five things. It's just a, yeah, it's just a can, setup. If I can do it, anybody can. And I mean that uh, in the most honest way. Okay, question though, because it is very true with my entertainment industry here in LA when it comes to dancing and aerial and performance, we are saturated. We've gotten to a saturation point where there's so many dancers in the city and not enough work. What is the animation studio world like now? Is it like that? Um, it's, hmm, it's a great question. Carrie, there is so much work. Okay, because it's right, getting but, like but produced but, like crazy. Like all of the streaming services have a million right. things. Okay. There, so, but when I say that, right, there's there's this stuff that's all about volume and just getting it done. Mm -hmm. And then you've got those, um, let's say, ten studios around the world where it's still about the craft. Okay. And those, yeah, those, those jobs are hard to get. I mean, right, there are so many people vying for that one artist chair. Um, but in my, in my field, the wonderful thing about it is if, you, if you're approaching something and you've got a fresh take, um, there's a really good chance that you're going to get noticed. Yeah, versus like, I mean, you can still shine even though it's like a haystack and you're like a diamond, right? You can still shine. But for sure, I feel like almost every artistic field in the city, maybe I won't even be that small, just in the world, it has grown so much because of the internet and because of all these, you know, Twitter and, hey, Bean, can you stop just banging that spoon? But I don't want to tell her to stop because she's listening to music. Oh you know what I'm God. saying? Like, what do I do? But it, it's fine because we're recording on three different tracks. And when you talk, it will be totally clean because it's getting recorded from your end. But I'm just like, I hate telling her to stop drumming on things because her, her dad is a drummer. Oh, cool. And so it's not like she's just being annoying. She's finding her rhythm. <laughs> so I don't want to like yeah, squash that yeah. either. But then I'm like, she's grooving. I know she is. She's grooving. This child, she's got a dancer for a mom and a drummer for a dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just there. It's already there. It's, it's like yeah. she picks up the drumsticks and it's just like she looks like she knows what she's doing already. No lessons, of course. Yeah. Um, 
you know, when it comes to actors, when it comes to, uh, you know, every single field in this city is just so saturated. And I think what you do is a little bit more, it's not in the mainstream, like it's still got its own industry. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, I would say, I guess it's still kind of niche, right? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now with, you know, YouTube and getting with Instagram and getting yourself noticed, you know, many years ago, we didn't have these tools. So it was, you know, if the studio said no thanks, when you sent your portfolio in, that's it, it was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm starting another one. Um, uh, but yeah, like there's no, if you're, if you're a, a an aspiring filmmaker, you just got to start making movies. Like, what is it like to be a part of something that's such a big part of our culture now? You know, it's huge, huge. Here's the here's the odd thing is when you're when you're making a movie, you work just as hard on the movie that didn't do so well as the movie that's perceived as a hit, right? So it's lightning in a bottle. I, you know, I, I truly believe that every project is going to find an audience. Just some projects find a ginormous audience. But you never know. You never know how people are going to, right? Like once you're done with the movie and it's out in the wild, it's for the people to judge. True. Okay. Can I, so chicken or the egg, is it that you kind of have a storyline you have the storyline, you start animating. Is it that you meet Kristen Bell and you, or you hear the song? Like what comes first as an animator? Like, yeah. So the, the very first thing is, is the script, right? You're writing the story as you would a traditional film, a, any live action movie. The, the essence of the project is the characters and the story and the overall narrative of what's being told. And then you start designing the characters, like what you see in your mind's eye. Um, and then you say, um, oh, you know who would be really good as Olaf is Josh Gad. Um, I saw Josh Gad as, you know, in Book of Mormon, right? You, it's, it's that type of stuff that happens. I love that. Uh, and then you start putting the movie up on storyboards. So you basically are translating the script into pictures you do that for many years, and then when you think you've got the story, you start officially animating it. Okay, so is this just a this just could totally be something that I have created in my own mind? But I feel like when I know who the character is, say Kristen Bell, I feel like I see that person in the animation. Is that because I'm an adult and I'm just doing that myself? Or as the animator, as it gets further along in those storyboards and it starts coming to life and all of it starts marrying together, do you know who the person is and start thinking right. in that way? Yeah, so many times... We've got two cameras set up in the booth with the actor so that as we're recording the voice, let's say Kristen Bell is biting her bottom lip whenever she's doing a scene where the character is nervous. Yes. We'll implement that in our animation. I just got goosebumps, which I don't know what that means if I'm just a total dork. 
Um, but I, I love that. I think that's amazing. I mean, obviously you're taking a story and creating, and then the fact that you guys go into such detail in how the person, because that person really is acting right. Or, or even yeah. if they're in a, a box with a microphone, they're giving that those right. lines, uh, Totally. emotion and feeling yeah. being so being a really good animator is being a really good observer okay we, i mean we could have been called observers i love this i love this yeah so so you know one of my favorite things to do is i love people watching i love getting a coffee and sitting outside with my kids and and I'll, I'll I'll just watch people, and it gets filed into my memory bank from my from my art, right? Like if I see a unique walk, or if I see um, someone get into an argument at the red light, like I'm storing all of these like really honest things that as humans we've seen before. So if I can put that into my animation, when you're watching the movie, to me that's where the illusion begins, right? There's something that your brain knows that it's fake. Right. But the things that you're watching, they're moving you emotionally. That means I did my job. Yes. And that, I mean, I pretty much can cry, cry at <laughs> any animated movie for sure. And I even look at now, I mean, the how real everything feels from what you do today from when we were watching snow white and the seven dwarfs you know chuck it through the forest like totally two different things but probably based from the very same original place pitching yeah. on a notebook yeah it's it the principles regardless of the medium the principles are the same um, right. It's about being honest and making sure the performance resonates. And I mean, I think really good animators are really good actors. Really? I love that. Yeah. I mean, we use, you know, I, I've audited, I work with Warner Laughlin and she used to be my wife's acting coach. Um, and, uh, I brought her, she, I actually brought her in before we started making frozen to help the whole animation department. And I think it's one of the reasons why Frozen is so easy to watch. Because I think the, the emotional crescendos of the sequence, they're crafted as if a live-action actor was getting ready for a role. Right. Right. I mean, the other great thing about Frozen, I can say, is it wasn't really the prince save the day. It was yeah, like the guy came in, saved everything... Um, opposed to, you know, family love. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is that sisterly family love. Okay. Yeah. I am so inspired by the fact that you really do think about the actors and actresses. Do you, okay. So when you're observing being an observer and see something that someone does, or do you have a sketch sketchbook that you just kind of like right thoughts or if something comes to mind as a character idea do you sketch it out or yeah you do yes yeah so um so this is this is what a typical day looks like for me um is i wake up at 4 30 a.m 
4.30. And, I mean, listen, I have two kids, Wait, so I need some... I go to bed early. Rosanna calls me grandpa. Like, what time are Listen, you in bed? Carrie is mind blown because Carrie, I, I'm a morning person. No, I'm not a 4.30 person. I'm like a 5.45 person. But Carrie doesn't even understand what we're talking about. No, you guys are on a different planet. What time do you go to sleep, Lino? I go to bed at 9. Okay. Does that end up being enough sleep for you? Yeah. I mean, I wake up. I have no choice. I don't know what the hell it is, but my eyes go boing okay. and I wake up and I go to the kitchen, make myself a coffee and I, I, I write and I sketch things that I observe the week or the morning or the day before. Oh my God. Are you serious? You still do this every single day, even being in the position you're morning. in? And the three wow. and the three movies that I have in development, they all came from one of these sessions. What? Yeah. Wow, you your dedication to your craft that is not super common. <laughs> I feel like I'm cursed. I have. I feel like my brain is always bubbling up with these things that I just need to get out. No, this is. I mean, this is the reason why you're you're special. Maybe. So I was going to say the job. same in the sense I I like to listen to um, how we built it. It's a podcast. But the people that do amazing things like you with Frozen are the people that freaking get up at four and work like insane. The, they are the people that stay in all the time, right? Yeah, I just... Um... You know, and uh, listen, there's downsides to that too, right? I suffer from anxiety. Um, uh, you know, I, I get stressed out at times and I'm, I've am i learned to manage it. But um, yeah, like uh, to me, I just, I just want to be able to, to take what gets me excited and turn those into movies. Okay, so are you, um, we're excited today, Greener Grass listeners, that we have him on to tell us about all the upcoming projects he's not supposed to be talking about. Just, <laughs> um, this is your sneak peek preview right now. Breaking news. No, is there anything that you can share or something that you're really excited about that you're like deep into right now? I also had no idea, I should say, that an animated movie takes years. Years. Like five so, years, four years. So I was on Tangled, um, two and a half years before we even started production. That's crazy. So I was on Tangled for almost four years. Wow. So from a money perspective, not that that's what this is about. <laughs> it, I would think that an animated movie costs way more than a regular movie because of how much how much has to go into it, but also from the box office standpoint, it probably makes a shit ton of money. You, if you, yes, you would be right. Um, I, I would say if you're comparing it to uh, uh, a non-visual effects film, um, an animated feature costs, I would say almost five times as much. Wow. Um, and then... You know, the box office potential, though, is what the studios 
is the reason why they're making it, right? Like, the return on investment can be ginormous. Okay, so I have another question about that then. Wait, I mean, Lena, what's like, do you know the current total for Frozen? Oh my god. Like, do you know what it is I, now? I mean, I think it's like 2.7 billion. Billion? Wow. Yeah. So, pretty much, pretty much you could retire if you wanted to. Well, not, I mean, that's not my money. <laughs> he wishes he made $2.7 billion. <laughs> Listen, No, I'm I just kidding. <laughs> if I made that much money, we'd be doing this podcast from some beach in Tahiti. No, you, you would, would be like, okay. you would be like Elon Musk and you'd be in space. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm saying that's what you would be doing, I think. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just like, "Whoa!" Oh no, no. Okay, that's insane. That's insane. But this is my question, because not every movie is Frozen. Not every movie is Tangled. What happens when you work years, years, put lifetime effort and money, and then the project doesn't? Nothing happens with it. Yeah, I mean, and I've had that experience too, right? I've worked on, um, you know, projects I put my heart and soul into, and they just never found an audience. But um, it comes, it comes with the territory, right? When you're, you know, part of being a director is, is you know, the the most difficult thing for me is, um, is is staying on course. Right. Because um, there's a thing that got you excited. There's a reason why you wanted to make the movie. And now it's going to take three years. So this, the spontaneity and that, that, that emotional drive that you had to tell this particular story by the time producers, executives, the writers, the notes from the screening, the movie it's like sand, it's like holding sand right so your 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 intention is changed and and so you know as a filmmaker that that's the thing that i'm learning is you got to fight for some ideas and you know it's not about making friends a movie a movie is about trying to get that thing that was in your gut on screen with with every project is there a moment in the middle where you're like, man, this is not going to happen. Or what was I thinking? Yeah. Every, every, every project. Okay. Every single project you, you get to a screening or you get to a milestone and you're like, this is awful. <laughs> what am I doing here? I sh- I'm going to open up a pizzeria. I have no business being an animator. What was I thinking? Every movie. Do you, when you're in a project for that long, do you feel trapped ever? No, because it's constantly making a movie is like a, it's a living, breathing thing that you're feeding and you're nourishing and and it's starting to tell you what it wants to be and you're hoping that you're giving it the right food and um, I love it. I love it. I mean, I think that's the part that I like is being with. 300 people and we're all trying to put these pictures together and make a movie i love that part 
Oh my God. Lino, you know, I have these, like during this last hour, I've, it's kind of confusing to me because you're the guy that I knew so long ago, but then I'm also slightly starstruck by you in a way. (laughs) And it's confusing to me. I it's confusing to me. All my kids, my kids. No, they're not. gonna die when like he's a head of animation for Frozen. They're gonna die. If my Bean was older, she would die too. She she would freak out. And I can't thing, wait to tell Mr. Mason. Oh my God, you're Kelly. Mason's you're already the cool mom. You're gonna be the coolest. We need to spread the word that art that art and particular animation is a great career. And for, you know, going, taking this full circle, the doodlers out there need to know that your doodle can be your livelihood. What I was going to say, Lino, is that, yes, I agree with that. And those kids should be nourished and, and that should grow. But I have to say, like, after listening to you and then the other podcasts I listened to, um, you're never going to let me live this down, but you're kind of special, like, from an outsider's perspective, not Carrie, Carrie Wee, you're special because the way you're talking about it, you know, like I listen to podcasts and you have a chef and they're talking about a tomato and they talk about the tomato and you would think that that tomato was the best thing that's ever been alive in the world. Their love for that, this, the, the, the crunch and then the taste and then the way that their mouth feels afterwards and then the feeling they get and they think about when they were three years old. That's how you sound to me. Like you have such a, you're not just an animator, you're not just a director, you're not just putting a story. You, you are, you know, you wake up 4.30 in the morning and you doodle. Like it's, it's, um, it's, it's that love. And I feel like there are tons of people out there that are talented, but I think that this, this thing is, is very rare. And I, I hope to have that too in my craft. We all hope to love and, and just swim in our craft like you do. But I, I think that, well, I no, that. it's like, like, no, it's very confusing to me. I'm just like because if I step outside of myself and I'm just having this I'm just interviewing the head of animation for Frozen you've done Tangled you have a lot of movies that are coming out that we will see in the next coming years and if I didn't know you I would be like but of course I do and I know a lot of stories that I probably shouldn't know there's I I have I'm uh I've got a Christmas movie this is breaking news I have a Christmas movie coming out this holiday it's amazing um but unfortunately i can't tell you anything anything else other than that but it's coming out this christmas that's so fun i'm i'm working on three different movies so different maybe we i listen i'm like pinning you down right now maybe we can have you back around the holidays when it launches (laughs) lino is gonna be like i can do it but in three Christmases from now. <laughs> no, listen, let, let's, um, we can even do like, uh, you know, we can do it maybe because it's coming out on, oh, I can't say, don't darn say, it. Don't um, say, don't say. Well, like the holidays, those months. Yeah, but like we can do something where I, I come on the day after it airs. That would be so fun. I love it. Great. Maybe we could have it air and then we could take 
she can take Bean, I'll take Emerson and Mason, and then they can tell you how much they loved it. Oh, great. Or they That'd can awesome. or they can do a, uh, a critique for you. Yeah, and, and then this project is actually not for theaters. It's actually for a network. Okay. So, so it's going to come out on TV and then one of the streamers, too. Okay. I Listen, I loved this podcast for a million different reasons. Can't wait to have you back for the holidays. But I, I think having, you know, I'm the mama for, Carrie mentioned at the very beginning, but Mason's my youngest. He is the doodler, the artsy, the constantly drawing all things. We, you know, everyone that asks me, what do I get him? What do I get him? I'm like paper, <laughs> like more paper. And so I love hearing your story. I think it will be a reminder to not have Mason become a criminal justice um, police <laughs> officer. And for all the moms and dads out there too, that are like listening, that you can like put a dream out there that you want to be um, with Disney and possibly do something as amazing as frozen tangled and all your future projects. So I can't even believe that we got the opportunity to speak to you. We're lucky that we have amazing people in our lives and journeys, Carrie, that we have people like him. And I just am so incredibly excited about the fact that we had you on and I can't wait to play this for Mason. Th guys, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. I really appreciate being on. It was so fun. Thanks so much for being with us and carving out the time, Lino. We appreciate you, and we really feel like your message is um, is a rare one, and I really hope that if there's any young artists out there, it gives you a little bit of a uh, boost little, little, uh, and a little bit more knowledge. So we really thank you for that. If you would honor us with a five-star rating and a review, it really helps us grow this audience for the podcast. If you go to the show notes, there's discount codes for both Hugh and Grace and Vibrant Body Company, as well as ways to find Lino and his work. All right, guys, we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. This is Greener Grass. I love it, but man, let me tell you, I think there should be a podcast about podcasting with a toddler because I would, I would crush that. Do you know how many, especially earlier on during the pandemic when we were all getting used to it, how many times my kids would crash a really important pitch? <laughs> no, no I mean, do, you just right? have to hope it's, it's, that I the mean, client thinks that the kid is cute. Yeah, and that's like everyone's experiencing it. Um, yeah, but now I feel like I I live at work, which is even more. So bizarre. you're you're actually not working out of your house anymore. No, I actually have. Um, I'm working on a few projects, so I'm I, I jump around, but I, I have an office right. here in Montreal. Right. Okay. I was thinking you guys were in Toronto. No, you're in Montreal. Okay, which is so different. Yeah. Yeah. Like night so, and day. Uh, listen. I'll probably get, I'll probably get crap for saying this, but I think Montreal is the coolest. Okay, Canadian Montreal. City. It's because it's like culturally, it's like you're not in like anywhere close to America or Canada. You're, you know, yeah. you're a French-speaking city. Yeah, it's got tons of character. I mean, listen, the brutal is it are brutal? Awful. Not worse than Toronto. Toronto's pretty bad. Uh, Carrie, I mean, brutal. Like multiple days of like two degrees Fahrenheit. It's terrible. Is it like Minnesota, but cultural?
it's it's like Minnesota, but ten degrees colder. Um, but listen, like the weather is getting warmer, and if you haven't visited Montreal in the it's summer, I highly recommend oh, it. It must be gorgeous. But is it warm Beautiful. though, or does it feel like San Fran? Um, no, because we're on the East Coast, it actually gets humid. Okay. Is this? Oh my God! I forget that it's still cold in parts of the world right now because I'm hot over here. I. When's the last I time know. you? Yeah, I'm in LA. When's still, the last time you lived here? We we came here uh, okay. four years ago. And um, and now you know of the course. kids like it out here, so uh, I'm trying to continue to produce movies out here. So, are you speaking French now? My kids are. Oh yeah, but it's so hard when you're an adult to learn. Yeah, I mean I'm learning, but it's a, it's slow go, and um, I travel to Paris often, and the producers I work with are from Paris. So I, I understand it a lot, but speaking is a little bit more difficult. And I, by the way, have listened to all the podcasts that you have done. Oh, okay. Hopefully uh, you're not <laughs> disturbed and you're still well, wanting you to know, do this, which is Because cool. we had some scheduling snafus and I was like, okay, I've got time to do my homework, you know, casually. So I forget how dry you are, like your dry humor. I forget how sarcastic <laughs> you and Rosanna both are. She wasn't on there, but like I, it, it's bringing it back, you know? It's bringing it back. I, I like, sometimes I don't know. Right. It's like, obviously it works really well, but like the two of you guys, it's like too much dry humor and sarcasm for one physical space. <laughs> It's so funny because my daughter oh. is turning into that person and it cracks us up. I mean, the, you guys must just laugh She's all the really time funny. because you guys are hilarious people. Yeah. R listen, Rosanna, Rosanna always makes me laugh, which is, I have a funny I mean, family. Listen, Carrie, I mean, life is, being an adult and adulting and being a parent, it's, there's so much drama that I think of every opportunity when we can just have fun with it right like you can't take things too yeah. seriously yeah but the thing is i mean i remember she used to tell me <laughs> she used to tell me that you guys were like you'd be taking a shower and she like wait until like it's nice and steamy in the room and she would just like go dump like a glass of cold water on you stuff like that oh, and yeah, i'm like yeah. and, what and like, yeah. th like that would just never happen. Like <laughs> that would not go over well in my house. But then, you know, you guys make a huge joke out of it. She's just. Yeah. And we scare the shit out of each other too. Like, oh, you we sneak up on each other. We sneak up on each other.